And now, Legal Matters. With Turner Freeman Lawyers. Determined to make a difference. Now it's Tuesday. Time for Legal Matters. And we are talking today about personal injury. So if you've got a question on that, the open line number, 131873. Maybe you've been injured and it wasn't your fault. Maybe you've, you've fallen, you've slipped, maybe at the shops or on the footpath. We had an accident in the workplace. Give us a call now, 131873. We've got a $100 Westfield voucher for the best call. Dennis Kim is personal injury lawyer with Turner Freeman in Sydney, and he's on the line for us now. Dennis, thanks for joining us. No worries. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. It's one of those things with personal injury. You sort of hear the stories of people who've slipped, you know, they maybe tripped on a, a grape on the floor of a supermarket. The and, classic. Yeah, the classic, and they think, right, I've got claim. But but what are the, the common personal injury claims that you see? Uh, look, I'd say the most common ones are work-related or motor accident-related, um, and then followed by accidents in public places like the supermarket or even the restaurant, say. I mean, there's been plenty of a walkway from the restaurant to the bathroom where it's been covered in grease, and mm. I've just wondered how is no one slipping on this. Mm. Uh, wherever wherever um, somebody owes a duty to keep you safe and if you're injured and you suffer a loss, well, that could result in a personal injury claim. And do you need to have the other party or the other person admit to their fault to be able to obtain that claim? No, no, certainly not. And um, I mean, some, sometimes defendants are bound not to give any admissions by their insurer. So it's actually uncommon uh, to be given an admission as to fault. So, no, that doesn't get in the way at all. All right. You might have a question. 131873. We've got calls coming through already. We might go straight to Kate, who's got a question for Dennis today. Hi, Kate. Oh, hi, Deb. Hi, Dennis. Hi. Um, Dennis, mine's a bit weird. I'm in, uh, well, three years, nearly three years into a workers' comp claim. Right. Um, but... The insurance company has got to the point that, um, look, my mental health has just deteriorated. I might add they are paying for antidepressants and anxiety medication. But the situation is, uh, two examples. Um, I finally got back to see my specialist last week after going to Wiro complaints, and it was approved in two days. Uh, I need a full... Uh, reverse shoulder replacement um, and when I got there having not received any any approval from the workers compensation company I found out that it was approved in December last year right but no one had informed me um, you know the specialist in May last year referred me for uh, physiotherapy. 14 months later, mm. it still hadn't been approved after applying seven times. Uh, finally, it was approved for one visit. But this has been going on and I've had four case managers uh, or I had four case managers in four and a half months. And I'm, you know, I'm just at the point that I'm... I, I just, that sounds like an awful, awful time yeah, you've had. It does, Kate. Uh, yeah. I mean, can can she? I mean, she said that they're paying out, but obviously, that the mental distress that she's suffered is is that can that be taken into consideration? Um, look, uh, uh, usually not. Unfortunately, usually not. Um, but what we could do is we can help in in that kind of situation not arising um, in the future. Insurance companies are meant to 
either accept or decline treatment expense requests within 21 days. And so what we can do is we can help um, workers to make a formal application and to chase the insurer within 21 days. And if they don't respond, we can pull out the big stick and, and tell them that we'll take it uh, further, whether that be uh, by way of their internal processes or to the Workers' Compensation Commission. That usually uh, puts a fire under them and gets them moving. It, it is unfortunate. There has, there has been some... Um, reporting in the media recently about certain workers' compensation insurers, high turnover claims managers. Things do fall between the, the cracks sometimes. Um, it sounds like something has gone awry in your matter. It shouldn't have taken that long. And the approval most definitely should have been communicated to you. So Yeah, because that, that seems very unreasonable. If it's been approved, that's got to be communicated. Yes, definitely. Mm. All right, Kate. We, we yeah, stay on the line. We might get some more details, Kate, because Dennis might be able to help you out there if you see further delays. But thank you for the call. Hi, Damien. What was your question for Dennis today? Yeah, good day. Thanks for taking my call, Dennis. How hi? How are you? Yeah, well, thanks. Um, how are you? Yeah, very well. My son goes to the local public high school, and a few months ago, he came out of class, tripped over a bag. Uh, seemed like a fairly innocent sort of trip. Get along the ground. He injured his knee. He's been diagnosed with nerve damage in his knee. And that this is four or five months along. Uh, we've seen specialists. He's had treatments. He's had all sorts of things that's still not repairing. They're saying it's going to take quite a long time to heal. Um, we're out of pocket with all the uh, stuff that we've been paying. We've asked the school for... A, you know, proper reports on what happened, that sort of thing, but they haven't supplied it. Um, I heard your show just then, so I thought I'd give you a call. Yeah, and well, that, I'm glad you did, Damien. We'll find out. Dennis, would uh, would Damien sure. and his family have, have some recourse here? Look, they may do. They may do. Um, if you stay on... I'll, I'd be happy to answer your question now, but if you stay on the line, I can give some more detailed advice. Um, look, okay. there's usually... Um, a claims process that the school uh, can provide to you claim forms and details uh, for you to make a claim upon their insurer. Um, I could assist with that. Basically, it sounds like your son has had a serious injury and, and you have suffered out-of-pocket expenses, so there would be reason to claim. Um, as for whether there's been any negligence, I'll have to have a, a more detailed chat to you about where, where the bag was placed, if there's a proper place to place them, if the teachers were aware mm. that they, they were being placed in a dangerous place where the kids wouldn't expect them to be, um, things like that. All right. We'll stay on the line, okay. Damien. We'll get your details and hopefully Dennis can help you out further. Thea has a question for Dennis. Hi, Thea. Hello, um, Deb. Um, I have... I fell over and... Um, on a road and foot, between the road and the footpath, mm. and they were, they were both very uneasy, and and um, I have to admit I'm elderly, but since that happened, I've had miniature strokes because I hit my head, oh, and um, I'm just wondering if I had any, I had a claim for that. Oh, Thea, that's terrible to hear that you had to go through that. Let's see if Dennis can give us an answer there, Dennis. Thea, was there anything in particular about the road or where it met the footpath which yes, made it particularly absolutely. hazardous? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, very what hazardous. What, what was that, Thea, in particular about the road? Uh, they, they, they drop, they, you know, you'll be walking along and then they, they're, they're not even put it that way. Mm. It's in Oxford Street, Bondi Junction. Right, okay. Uh, look, we, 
we may be able to look into it by checking whether somebody has made a similar complaint to council. One of the tests in council and roads cases is that the council's on notice um, and that is usually established by bringing up their records and seeing if somebody has complained about that hazard before and whether the council's properly addressed it. So if we searched for the specific place where you had your accident and found there had been a complaint or more about it, there, there may be grounds for a case. All right. Thea, we might get your details and pass them on to Dennis to see if we can investigate that further for you because it sounds like um, yeah, a terrible ordeal that you've gone through as a result of that fall. Dennis, just with the, the time limits that people might be interested in, because I know that there's a statute of limitations that often yes. gets talked about, what sort of time limit do you have before you can make a claim? Sure, that's, that's a really important question. There's three years from date of discoverability, which is a, a bit of a movable feast. So it's the, the earliest the three years can run out is three years from the date of injury, but sometimes um, it may take longer than... It might not be right away that you discover or it's reasonably discoverable uh, that you're injured severely enough to warrant bringing a claim and that your injury was caused by the fault of another. Mm. And sometimes you may need medical advice to find out how bad your injury is or legal advice to find out that it was likely due to the fault of, of another person. So um, it may be that the three years doesn't start running until you've uh, gone and seen a lawyer or a doctor. Uh, the courts will look back in time and see if you've moved at a reasonable um, pace, I guess, to, to discover that for yourself. And they put um, a hypothetical reasonable person in your same shoes and see what that hypothetical reasonable person would have done. And if they find, yes, it, sh you know, it would have taken that long to get that advice and to, dis to discover there was an action available, they will start the three years from that point in time. Um, so it's it's a movable feast, three years from date of discoverability usually. And Damien mentioned before the break about the, the school where his son suffered a fall having a report, you know, providing a report of the incident, an incident mm. report. If an injury happens in a workplace, does that similar process need to play out? Does the workplace need to provide a, a written report of what's happened? Yes, well, actually, employers are required to, to have a, a notification of injury to notify their workers' compensation insurer of the injury within very strict time frames. So, uh, yes, yes, in workplace, it's slightly different. There are actual requirements mandating reporting. Mm. And if you're not happy with the compensation amount or you're not happy with the, the decision that's been handed down, what are your options then? Uh, look, the Workers' Compensation Commission, if they make a decision, you can appeal it to the President of the Workers' Compensation Commission and from there you can appeal further to the New South Wales Court of Appeal. So there are definitely avenues of appeal. I mean, they don't always get it right. So, yes, there's definitely avenues of appeal. And I guess people who'd be listening would be thinking, well, is it worth me going through the process of potential years of legal action? I mean, how successful are personal injury claims that you've dealt with? Uh, they're usually quite successful. I think the, the reason why, uh, and I speak only from personal experience, the reason why is because at an initial conference we'll be able to gauge whether or not the claim has prospects and we won't proceed if it doesn't. So of the ones that we accept, they are um, mostly successful because... Mm. You can usually tell from the outset whether or not a claim has got prospects. Well, it's good to get your advice today and we thank you for your time. And we'll give, I think, Damien our $100 Westfield voucher for the call today. So we'll pass it on to Damien.
Thanks again, Dennis. No worries, thank you. Dennis you. Kim there. And you can contact Dennis or any of the lawyers at Turner Freeman. Their website, turnerfreeman.com.au and their direct number, if you've got any queries, 13 43 63. We talk legal matters with Turner Freeman lawyers this time every Tuesday.